gente, bienvenidos otra vez a este espacio conmigo aquí en Acantrenos, a Spanglish Podcast. Espero que desde donde nos escuchen estén bien y que les vaya de maravilla. What's good, my people? Welcome back to this space with me on Acantrenos, a Spanglish Podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well as you're listening to us. Today we enter the beginning of season three here. Man, it's been an amazing project to just continue and I'm super excited for y'all to see what I have in store for you this new season. If you haven't listened yet, make sure you listen and leave us your feedback. We need your reviews and let us know what you like and you don't like. Today's episode is going to be a fun one. We have another talented doctora here with us. She's here to psychoeducate us all a little more on a topic that has always been super awkward for us to discuss in our communities. El sexo. That's right. You heard right. Sex. We are talking about sex here in Acantrenos, a Spanglish podcast, and today's episode title is La Plática para Adultos. Virtually here with me from Hawaii is mental health professional Dr. Jeanette Brito, who happens to be a sex therapist. Hoy entramos al comienzo de la temporada 3 aquí. Ha sido increíble continuar con este proyecto y estoy muy emocionada de que vean lo que tenemos reservado para ustedes en esta nueva temporada. Si aún no nos han escuchado o apenas están empezando a escucharnos, asegúrense de escuchar y dejarnos sus comentarios. El episodio de hoy será divertido. Tenemos otra doctora talentosa aquí con nosotros. Ella está aquí para psicoeducarnos a todos un poco más sobre un tema que siempre ha sido muy incómodo para nosotros discutir en nuestras comunidades. El sexo. Es cierto, escuchaste bien. Esto es Acá Entre Nos, un podcast en Spanglish y el título del de episodio de hoy es La Plática para Adultos. Aquí conmigo desde Hawaii está la profesional de salud mental y terapeuta de sexo, la doctora Janet Brito. Hello, Dr. Brito. ¿Cómo te Hello. va? Muy bien, gracias. Estoy muy feliz de estar aquí. I'm very happy to be here with everyone. I'm so excited to talk about sex, my favorite topic. Estoy muy contenta de hablar sobre el sexo con ustedes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where in Hawaii are you right now? I live in Honolulu, Hawaii. When I moved here, it was very chill. That was almost 20 years ago. Now it's really busy. There's a lot of traffic everywhere, but it's still beautiful. There's still so many rainbows and muggy weather, but um, it's still a beautiful place to live. You can just go down to the beach anytime and it's free. <laughs> Vivo en Honolulu, Hawaii, un poco lejos de California. ¿Qué? ¿Cuatro o cinco horas, creo, de California? Sí. Como cinco o seis. Sí. Uh -huh. sí. Muy bonito, muy buena temperatura, pero ahora está un poco caliente. Está muy caliente. Uh -huh. Pero mi oficina muy frío. So, mm, el balance. <laughs> Estoy muy sí. contenta de estar aquí no. con ustedes. Cuando tienes que llevar un suéter para adentro, pero quitártelo para cuando vayas sí. afuera. Exactamente. Oh my God. I can relate. <laughs> um, so where did you move to Hawaii from? I'm originally from Chicago. I hope we have listeners oh. from Chicago. That's my hometown and that's where my family lives. 
but I have moved all over the place. I went to, for one semester, I went to St. Louis uh, University. So I lived in Missouri for a little bit. Then I went to Chicago and then I lived in New York. I went to grad school in New York. And then I was living in Arizona for internship and Minnesota for my postdoc. And then I came wow. back to Hawaii. Yeah, I've been all over the place. <laughs> But Hawaii is where your heart was, I'm assuming, because that's where yeah. you chose to settle in. This is where I stayed. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Rito, for taking time to have this discussion with us. We're discussing sex, a.k.a. La Plática, with Dr. Rito, because it's a topic that in our community is definitely more ideal to keep it, a.k.a. Acá entre nos, and it's super taboo to ask about it or have much knowledge on it. Gracias, Dr. Abrito, por tomarse el tiempo para tener esta discusión con nosotros. Estamos discutiendo el sexo hoy aquí en Acá, acá entre nos con la Dra. Abrito porque es un tema que en nuestra comunidad es definitivamente más ideal para mantenerlo, como dice el título, Acá entre nos. Mm. Y es súper tabú preguntar al respecto o tener mucho conocimiento al respecto del tema. Dr. Brito, why don't you begin by telling us why is talk about sex needed for Latinx adults? ¿Por qué es importante platicar del sexo entre adultos de nuestra comunidad? Great question. It's absolutely important to talk about sex because since we're born till we die we are sexual beings and it's part and normal it's a normal part of life however nobody tells us that so then it becomes a big secret and you're just wondering by yourself and you have nobody to ask about what's happening in your body to what feels good to what hurts to there's just so many um myths around sex and so people make their own conclusions and their own stories about sex that are, may not be true which could lead to relationship conflict to other complications you know stis or unwanted pregnancies most most sex education focuses on that but i want to focus more on a sex positive message and i think it's important for people to learn about that so then they could start having more pleasure in their life. I want to center pleasure in this conversation and provide a, a less shaming environment when it comes to sex. Just kind of break the taboo and um, let go of all that um, Catholicism guilt that most Latinos, while well, I was raised Catholic, that most um, so Latinos was I. Are, yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. God knows everything. <laughs> and it's a, And it's usually you're in trouble for even thinking or saying the word, right? It's very... Um, a negative. It's very negative. Yeah, it's very tabooed. Yeah, I just think it's important to provide spaces and really have an open conversation about something that's very normal and part of life. So we have the right information instead of uh, living the myths or believing them and then being in a situation that's unwanted. Uh, ¿Por qué es importante hablar del sexo? Lo, lo que es más importante hablar del sexo es porque si no, no tenemos la información correcta. Y lo que pasa a veces cuando no tenemos la información correcta, a veces estamos um, viviendo los mitos y haciendo um, 
creando historias que no son de verdad. Y lo que yo quiero hacer es centrar el placer en esta conversación sobre el sexo, que no nomás es de reproducción, no nomás es de uh, tener sexo para entre una mujer o un hombre, o solo es solo uh, co coito, is that intercourse? es de mantener una conversación abierta sobre el sexo para que uno pueda estar libre en su en su cuerpo, en sus relaciones, sentir placer, estar más, este, um, tener menos vergüenza. Es, eso es, es para tener menos ver vergüenza para que una persona pueda, sí, ser libre. Eso es. Puede ser libre y desear lo que quiere en su vida de placer, como dijo, sin tener vergüenza. Y yo creo que esa es la parte más importante porque desde chicos nos enseñas que Debes de ser vergonzoso cuando se habla de ese tema, cuando alguien escucha algo de eso o platica algo de eso. Es, es una vergüenza que se nos enseña desde chiquitos. Sí, y, y de verdad que afecta en, en todas partes de la vida, especialmente en el sexo es cuando yo lo veo más con mis pacientes y es una pena muy, um, di, ¿cómo se dice? Dolorosa y pesada. Pesada, También muy pesada. pesada. Entonces, lo, lo que yo he visto con mis pacientes es que entonces tienen secretos o no, no tienen con quién hablar de sobre estos temas y en, están ahí solo este, como que se crea más miedo en vez de información. De en lugar de, de destruir las historias y ideas que no son verdades, entonces se da miedo platicar y preguntar. Exactamente. Is that kind of what you're saying? Okay. Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you. And that's why I think it's important to center um, sex um, in this conversation, why we're doing that, especially as adults, because now we need to kind of bust these myths that we were given that may not necessarily be true and that may be causing harm. I totally agree. I okay, am great. so excited for this conversation. <laughs> All right, so I'll just start with my next question for you. How do you talk to your partner about your sexual needs? ¿Cómo hablas con tu pareja sobre tus necesidades sexuales? The best way to start this conversation is at the kitchen table. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> at the kitchen? <laughs> yes, not have this conversation while you're naked in your bedroom <laughs> because it's, it's too vulnerable at that point. It's best to have this conversation when you, after dinner, on a walk, to really be open and transparent about what your sexual needs are. Because you might, your partner may not have those same needs and they might need to either negotiate or decline what you're asking for. And in the moment, in the heat of the moment, it's going to be a lot more tender <laughs> to negotiate that instead of if you already agreed in advance. Hey, I really want to be sexual with you tonight and I want to give you a blowjob. Would you be interested in that? It's like, oh, okay, wait, they, they want to give me a blowjob. Is that something that I'm interested in right now? Or maybe I'm too full or I don't feel good or I'm not interested or I want to do this another day, right? Or I want to do... Um, Anal play, for instance. So people have different interests and different needs, and uh -huh. it's best to communicate them in advance and to let your partner know so they can consent to what you want instead of assuming that what you want, they want, and they should 
do it with you in the moment. And now there might be some feelings that are hurt if your partner is not ready to do what you're interested in doing. Wow, that's amazing. So as I'm cutting my steak, hey, baby, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh yes, my God, that's amazing. I've been thinking okay. about this. You know, I really want to make out with you in the living room one of these evenings. And I just want to be there with you and passionately kiss you. Hey, would you wow. be interested in that? Right? Like, it's kind of create normalizing the conversation around sex is what I'm really trying to say more so than making it like, okay, now it's like embarrassing. It's taboo. I don't know how to tell you what my interests are. And then I'm going to do it in the bedroom. And now the other person's like, wait, I, I'm, I don't, I'm comfortable, uncomfortable with this, or I'm not ready, or I need more information or wait, wait, slow down. And so I think it's better to prepare so then you can have the experience you want. Wow, I learned something new today, but it, but it really does make sense because when we're naked with our partner or with whoever it is we're sexually involved with and you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're like, hey, want to try this? And then you're right. I would be caught off guard and I'm sure the person would be just as caught off guard because they'd be like, what? We did not discuss this ahead of time. <laughs> so What's I totally understand why. I don't know if I would do it while cutting my steak, though. Maybe I'll wait after dinner. <laughs> or after dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love how you said that. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. So this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> All right. So why don't you why don't you spill it for our Spanish speakers? Okay. ¿Cómo so, hablas con tu pareja? ¿Cómo hablar con tu pareja? Lo que <laughs> la sugerencia que yo les daría a las parejas es que hablaran de sobre las cosas que quieren hacer en la recámara o en la sala, lo que sea, es no durante la, el momento, sino durante la cena o después de la cena o cuando estén caminando en el parque o en el desayuno. O sea, no durante el momento en la recámara. Que porque, están encuerados. Exactly. Con ropa. Tengan la conversación con ropa. Y no, no desnudos. Y la razón por qué digo esto es porque es importante que la persona o tu pareja esté preparada para lo que tú um, estés interesada. So, si la persona no está preparada o no sabe lo que tú quieres, um, entonces a lo mejor te puedan, este, a lo mejor te rechacen o a lo mejor necesitan más información. Y para tener un momento um, successful, a successful moment or um, ¿cómo se dice? Un momento bueno e íntimo que vaya sí. bien sin problemas y sin pues sin sentir pena. Uh -huh. Sería mejor tener la discusión antes de, de empezar. Uh, aunque sea una hora antes o uh, un día antes y así también puede crear anticipación. Es like, ah, estoy muy, um, quiero tratar esto contigo. ¿Tú estás de acuerdo? ¿Te gustaría también hacer eso conmigo? Me gustaría bañarme contigo. ¿Te gustaría bañarte conmigo? Podemos este, besarnos o agarrarnos. Yo tengo esa fantasía. ¿Te gustaría? Ah, sí, me gustaría. Ah, oh, no, ese día no va a funcionar para mí. Hay que hacerlo en la, 
El sábado, ¿qué te parece el sábado en vez del viernes? Ah, ok, muy bien, estoy muy contenta, estoy muy este, uh, emocionada que vamos a tener esta experiencia. So, es mejor platicar, como cómo, cómo la gente decide qué va a comer, oye, ¿qué quieres comer? ¿Quieres comer pizza o quieres comer tacos? ¿Qué te gusta? Ah, no, yo quiero pizza, hoy mañana comemos tacos. Ok, así lo mismo con el sexo, tener una conversación abierta. Yo quiero besarte, yo es o te quiero este, abrazar, o yo quiero las dos cosas. ¿Qué quieres tú? Y así puede uno negociar en vez de asumir qué es lo que le gusta a tu pareja o no. Así es, um, puedes crear más momentos buenos, uh, íntimos con tu pareja. Y para los que no hablan inglés, nos estábamos riendo hace rato porque yo le dije a la doctora, ah, bueno, entonces cuando esté en la mesa comiéndome mi canita asada, voy a agarrar el cuchillo y decirle, oye, babe, o sea, quiero que hagamos esto. Pero era broma, obvio, creo que me, me esperaría hasta que acabara de comer. Pero creo que es muy importante lo que está diciendo la doctora porque pues es verdad, Um, ¿cómo te vas a poner a pedir algo al momento que ya estás allí? No puedes llegar al restaurante y decir, ah, no, ¿sabes qué? Quiero comida china cuando ya estás ordenando la hamburguesa. Entonces, obvio, pedirlo antes y decidir antes creo que va a ser más importante y más confortable. Sí, esa fue una buena comparación. Estamos hablando sobre el tema del sexo y la comida. Porque los dos traen buen placer. La comida trae buen placer y el sexo igual. Bueno, para la siguiente pregunta, what is sex therapy? ¿Qué es la terapia sexual? ¿Cómo se hace? ¿Qué es lo que explicas? ¿Y, y cómo, cómo navegas pues, estos temas con personas que tal vez no están confortables y que hagan platicado de esto en, pues, en toda su vida? Ya, yeah. sí, sí, muy buena pregunta. Um, sex therapy is a form of psychotherapy. It's talk therapy. So nobody's taking off their clothes. I'm not showing anybody how to have sex. I'm a psychologist. I'm a social worker. I'm certified as a sex therapist, which is uh, trained to deal with a variety of sexual health challenges that people may have, individuals or couples, and I'm guiding them with talk therapy to help them resolve their concerns. And there's maybe a series of homework that I may give them, especially with couples, even with individuals, we use a type of mindful sex intervention called um, Sensei Focus, which helps people uh, build awareness around their body and focus more on sensation versus performing. We're, we're trying to get away less from performing and goal-oriented sexuality and more about focusing on pleasure and what feels good to you versus like focusing on what you think you should be doing for your partner, which can take you away from your body and more into your head and cause for some people anxiety or worry or stress. So sex therapy is a form of, um, it's a, it's a, it's a psychotherapy approach that uh, people can come in for, especially if they're dealing with anything related with their sexual health. Wow, I really like how you said that. You said we're trying to move away from worrying about the action and how we're performing and more on the central 
connection because I feel like there's just so much out there with movies, the media, um, pornography, etc., that gives us this idea that certain things should be performed a certain way, that the only way to find pleasure is if you do such and such thing. And so I think that does put a lot of pressure on partners. I would assume both women and men, men feeling like I don't have this body part this way, or I can't do it that way. And then women as well, going all the way back to like the way their bodies look, how they do certain things, how they move, etc. I'm assuming it can bring a lot of anxiety um, just even talking about it. Absolutely. And, you know, when I'm in session with people, I'm, I'm saying the word vulva and penis and breast, I'm just normalizing the conversation because most people are feeling that shame or that embarrassment, even with their partner who they've been together for a long time with. They're like, I don't even know how to say this to you that, you know, I really wish you would touch my breast or I really wish you would you know, deep kiss me or they can't, they can't say this. It's part of the challenge. And so when I normalize it, they can normalize it. And then it becomes a regular part of the conversation, just like deciding what you want to eat for dinner. <laughs> and that's the metaphor. Do you I want use. chocolate like, or vanilla? <laughs> exactly. What do you want today, honey? Well, I want this. Okay, great. Here you go. <laughs> so All yeah. Right. And awesome. that's in, in for our, so in Spanish, La terapia sexual es una forma de psicoterapia que se enfoca en la salud sexual eh, y puede ser para parejas o personas individuales que están lidiando con cualquier problema sobre la salud sexual y eso puede incluir uh, problemas con obtener una erección, una erección. Uh, o problemas uh -huh. con tener un orgasmo o a veces con parejas una persona quiere tener más sexo que la otra um, son diferentes problemas sobre el sexo y ellos um, vienen a hablar sobre ese tema y nadie se quita la ropa yo no estoy enseñándole a las personas cómo tener sexo yo soy una psicóloga trabajadora social y me enfoco en la salud sexual y les estoy ayudando a con dif dándoles diferentes ejercicios para que hagan en su casa y ellos regresan a la oficina y lo discutimos juntos. Yo no estoy haciendo los ejercicios con ellos, nomás los estoy guiando para que ellos puedan aprender cómo enfocar más en su cuerpo y menos en la, uh, las metas. Porque a veces con el sexo, lo que yo he visto mucho es que las personas se enfocan mucho en, en llegar a un destino. Uh, tenemos esta, esta meta para hacer. Tenemos que tener el sexo de esta manera. Tengo que tener esta clase de cuerpo. Y eso, eso lo que pasa es que no pueden enfocarse en su sensación, en su cuerpo. Y no pueden um, como estar este, consciente de, de sus sensaciones en sus cuerpos. Y eso es lo que puedes ayudarle a tener más placer en su cuerpo y en su sexualidad, menos enfocarse en las um, metas o llegar a un lugar. Eso nos saca fuera de nuestro cuerpo. Sí, sí. Y lo que estábamos diciendo hace rato en inglés, para los que no hablan inglés, es que um, la doctora estaba diciendo que es importante enseñar y guiar a los clientes o pacientes con los que ella trabaja de que vean la importancia de la conexión con la sensualidad más que 
tratar de saber cómo hacer tal cosa en la cama o en cualquier tipo de actividad sexual. Y lo que le estaba diciendo yo a la doctora es que um, muchas veces en nuestra sociedad, en lo que vemos en la televisión, en las novelas, en la media, en el internet, um, en la pornografía, es hay que vernos de una manera, hay que hacer las cosas de esta manera, no debo de tener esta parte de mi cuerpo que se mire así, se tiene que ver así o lo que sea. Entonces, eso puede traer ansiedad, puede traer nervios, puede traer um, pensamientos negativos que nos hagan pensar que no somos lo suficiente para nuestra pareja o para hacer lo que queremos hacer con ellos con la idea que lo que está en la tele y lo que está en el internet es lo que debe de ser. Entonces, me encanta que ella habló de eso, de guiar um, y enseñarles que ese no debe de ser en el enfoque. Exactamente. Muchas gracias por esa summary. Por esa interpretación. Esa interpretación. That was excellent. No, pero, pero sí, creo que es muy importante. I think it's just very important because there's so much pressure out there. And I mean, I'm not a sex therapist, but I do see a lot of adolescents. I do see couples and individuals, but a lot of my adolescents are thinking I should be having sex by this age. I should be doing this in bed. I should be mm. doing that. It's what I see on TV. It's what I see on the internet. Um, my boyfriend watches pornography and I think he wants me to do that stuff with him. And it's like, hold on. That mm. is not how it needs to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, that's why I connected so much with that part that you said, mm. because mm -hmm. that there is those pressures and it can cause all kinds of insecurities and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which then gets in the way from pleasure-based sexuality, right? And that's what we're trying to move toward with my patients. I'm like, okay, I know your brain's going to go, Zzz. you're not going to like what I'm going to say because it's part of the programming you received. It's, and I have too. It's about performing. It's not about pleasure. It's not about your body. It's not about centering pleasure at all. It's about pleasing or doing what you think you saw on TV and it should be like that. That means good sex. And no, good sex means what yeah. feels good to you and your body. Yeah. 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 I think it's very important. Um, so what types of challenges can someone bring to sex therapy? ¿Qué tipos de desfacios puede traer alguien a la terapia sexual? So some of the problems people come in with are erectile dysfunction. So that's inability to obtain or maintain an erection. Some people may have delayed ejaculation, so they're unable to have, um, they're unable to ejaculate, or they might take longer than they wish. Some okay. people come in, um, a lot of women come in for um, low sexual desire, and they often feel bad and shame for not feeling not having a high sex drive and not wanting or thinking about sex all day long. And, you know, that causes oftentimes sexual desire discrepancy. So one partner may want to have sex more than the other. The other one's like, I'm not interested. I, I don't even think about it. Another person's like, I think about it every day. So then now we need to help them find a common point, a middle ground. Um, and we also help a lot of people with... Um, People, def people saying that they're they're uncomfortable with their porn use, or um, mm -hmm. how often they masturbate, and so we let the person decide 
you know, I'm not saying, oh, you masturbate every day, that must, you must be terrible. Uh, they're saying this doesn't feel good to them. It's in conflict with their values. Some people will even say I masturbate once a week and that doesn't feel good to me. Like they've, there's some conflict that they're experiencing. So some people come in for that, for excessive porn use or having affairs or there's something related with how they're sexually relating with somebody else and they're feeling shame and guilt about it or it's causing relationship conflict or financial or productivity concerns and other people come in if they need help with like um, with their gender or sexual identity uh, either with coming out or help with uh, tra transitioning uh, either socially or medically um, if they want to um, if they, if they want to transition uh, as far as like trans care so it's a variety of things that we're dealing with and um, it's very fun and very interactive and it's very fulfilling because it's um there's just so much variety that I'm um that people come in here for. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So now um you might have to help me with the translations with um <laughs> <laughs> Give it a shot and I'll chime in. <laughs> okay. ¿Qué tipos de despachos puede traer alguien a la terapia sexual? Okay. Um, a una, algunas cosas que, algunos problemas que la gente viene a la terapia sexual es para la, la disfunción, disfunción erectil. Uh -huh. So, esa es cuando una persona no puede obtener o mantener una erección. O cuando una persona no puede eyacular. Uh, eso uh -huh. le causa estrés um, a la persona o a la pareja. Y eso es importante para preguntar a las personas cuándo pasa eso, en qué situación, con la pareja solo o cuando están ellos um, solos uh, o con qué a, a acción o movimiento. So, estamos preguntando también esas preguntas. Pero so, disfusión erectil, la, um, la, eh, eh, no poder eyacular. Uh, mujeres que vienen, muchas de ellas están, um, dicen que están sufriendo porque no tienen deseo de tener sexo, no es algo que, que pasa por sus mentes y eso causa problemas con sus parejas porque a, la, a veces la, su pareja quiere tener sexo y ella, y ella no quiere tener sexo o a veces no pueden uh, tener un orgasmo. Y eso les causa tener, tener estrés. Y uh, las parejas que vienen a veces es um, tratar de ayudarlas a encontrar un punto medio donde puedan um, um, tener, <ríe> negociar cuándo van a tener sexo. Porque la mayoría de las personas están muy, muy ocupadas y tienen mucho, mucho estrés o tienen... Um, muchas responsabilidades con hijos o hijas y el sexo es no está tomando prioridad y eso les causa estrés en la uh -huh. relación y a veces tenemos personas que vienen porque tienen um, ellos están sintiendo estrés por cuánta pornografía están viendo o eh, están masturbando más de lo que quieren y en unos casos les afecta Uh, a lo mejor están gastando más dinero o están uh, tarde al trabajo o está afectando sus relaciones. Y en, um, también, uh, también trabajamos con personas que están este, um, um, sufriendo con su identidad 
y quieren este, salir a sus familias, identifican como gay, lesbian, bisexual uh, o trans y quieren ayuda como trans. Um, como, ajá, se están trans, transfiriendo su identidad sexual con la que nacieron a la persona que quieren ser y han decidido ser. Entonces es, necesitan ayuda con um, información médica o social de cómo salen um, con, a sus familias, a su trabajo, a sus amistades. O sea, hay diferentes, muchos, muchos temas o muchos um, um, problemas diferentes que la gente viene a la terapia, terapia sexual. Sí, y por eso no hay que tener tema y no hay que ser avergonzosos para platicar de estos temas importantes. Um, and la siguiente pregunta es, the next question is, what are some strategies to promote sexual health among couples? ¿Cuáles son algunas estrategias para promover la salud sexual entre parejas? How do we make this a talking point and more of a positive outcome and how people think of it? Yeah, how do we do this? So we start by prioritizing it. So, you know, if you're talking about it, then you're prioritizing it and you're keeping it in your top three concerns, right? Because what happens is when you're in relationship, especially long-term couples, it's just like, you know what, I'm too tired. And people are just sort of taking each other for granted and their time. It's like, okay, we'll just forget it. We're just going to go out to dinner or we're going to go to the gym or never mind. We'll just do that later. So it kind of becomes, it goes to the back burner. And so we want to keep it a priority. And what I recommend my couples is to, just like when you used to date, people would plan their dates. They were, this was planned. You were ready, right? Wednesday, seven o'clock, honey, I'm picking you up. And you were like getting ready and taking a shower and like putting on your best clothes and, you know, combing your hair and you were like ready to go at 6.50. Putting on your sexy underwear, making sure your legs are shaved. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you didn't think about this. You're like, you're going on a date. But then what I notice is once you're together and people are married or they're living together, they're like, Oh, I'll just put on my yoga pants. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, never mind. You know, we're just going to go out. So the, the, it, there's no more dates. It's like, it's not with intention. So I'm like, we have to make this with intention. So once a week, you're going, you're checking in, you're spending time together and really asking each other how, how you're doing, not just sexually, but emotionally, because that's part of, the, part of the, the emotional deposits we need to have sexual intimacy. And then I also encourage them to set plan for uh, physical time together, physical intimate time together. And most people look at me like, oh my God, can't this just be spontaneous? Well, it can, definitely. But we don't want to just bank on that, especially if you are in a long-term relationship that gets a little bit more challenging. So you really need to plan it with intention. And so, hey, on Saturday, Honey, I'm really looking forward to spending some time with you because we have nowhere to go and we can just hang out and, you know, be physical together. And if people are struggling with that, then I assign um, Sensate Focus, which are a series of mindful, sex mindful exercises to help people come back to their bodies and be less in their heads and thinking about how sex should be instead of um, having an experience. So... 
making it a priority and planning. Date nights and physical time together are a few ways to really prioritize your sexual health. You hear that, people? So get a sitter, <laughs> put on your sexy underwear, go to the movie, and then come back and get it on. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> All right. So para la gente latina, ¿cuáles son algunas estrategias para promover la salud sexual entre parejas, especialmente en una comunidad donde todo es tabú y no se platica porque Dios y la Virgencita te van a castigar. <laughs> Or at least that's what Catholics were meant to believe back in the day. That's great. Okay. So lo que debemos hacer es planear. Y a veces eso, mis pacientes se me quedan viendo como, ¿qué? Eso solo tiene que pasar así de este espontáneo espontáneo, pero yo digo que uh -huh. tiene, esto tiene que ser con intención y tiene que ser planeado. Cuando Y les digo, cuando ustedes eran este, novios o novias o estaban saliendo, todo estaba planeado. Era un miércoles o jueves, lo que sea, y vamos a salir a las 8 y, y uno ya estaba listo a las 7. Ok, ya estoy listo, vamos a salir. Era algo con más emoción y yo lo que he visto cuando parejas están juntos por mucho tiempo, eso toma no toma prioridad y, y puede causar problemas en, um, en, en, en la recámara o en la salud sexual. So, tenemos que ponerlo con intención, planearlo. Citas, uh, date, date nights, ¿cómo se dice date nights? Pues citas románticas, citas um, románticas. una salida romántica. Una salida romántica, eso suena muy bonito. Una salida romántica, una vez a la semana, si no se puede, una vez a la semana, una vez al mes. Y también queremos planear tiempo físico que está reservado solo para ustedes. So, un sábado, un domingo, un viernes, una hora, cuando ustedes van a estar juntos y explorar sus cuerpos físicamente. Cuando tengo parejas que eso es difícil, yo les ayudo y les doy una tarea que se llama, ¿cómo se llama? Uh, es um, enfoque sensorial. Enfoque sensorial. Uh -huh. Y eso sí. es una, son unas, um, es como un guía para ayudar a la pareja a enfocar más en sus sensaciones y menos en la las metas, uh, menos en performing. Menos en, pues, el trabajo que van a hacer y más en la sensualidad y conexión. Sí, más en la sensualidad, en el placer y el enfoque sensorial ayuda a la persona um, con las con los ejercicios que, que están que están en el, en, en el guía para no enfocarse en eso y más enfocarse en, en, uh, en su cuerpo y, enfo y identificar qué es lo que qué es lo que se siente bueno para, para la persona. No estoy tocando para que te guste esto porque quiero que tengas sexo conmigo. Eso ya te, te quita de ti mismo, estás enfocándote en otra persona y eso puede causar ansiedad a unas personas. Entonces, es importante seguir conquistando a la pareja, no solo, pues, seguir enamorando como con de otros detalles, pero también um, 
usar el tiempo para poner tiempo aparte para poder, pues, darle prioridad a la relación sexual. Uh -huh. Exacto, exactamente. Ok, perfecto. Así es que ya escucharon a la doctora. Saquen su vestido más bonito y llévense a su pareja a bailar o al cine y regresen a, pues, a sentir placer a su casa. Y bueno, busquen a la niñera para toda la noche para no tener tiempo límite, yo digo. No sé, pero todavía no estoy casada. So, a mí no me tomen en serio. And for our final question, I am loving this topic, by the way. I actually just told the Dr. Abrito um, offline that I would totally take a sex ed class from her and learn how to be a sex therapist because I love this stuff, actually. Um, so, but for the last question is, what is... Sensate focus. ¿Qué es el enfoque sensorial? You've been talking about that the entire time. Has platicado mucho del enfoque sensorial. ¿Qué es lo que es para la gente que no sabe? What is that for people that don't know what it is? Yeah, sensate focus is a very common intervention in sex therapy. It's very behavioral. It's very hands-on. It's something a couple does on their own at home, although an individual can also do it themselves. It's about touching and being touched. It's really about focusing on sensation, increasing body awareness, and you're adopting mindfulness principles. So you're being open, you're being curious, and you're non-judgmental. <laughs> You are really just there to experience being touched. It's actually the the first extra, the first phase is about distinguishing it. So you're giving touch and then you're receiving it and we separate it. We're not doing it mutually at the same time. This is meant to help the person increase that awareness of what is it like when my partner touches me? And we focus on non-genital touching to start off with. So you're not going straight to the erogenous zones. You're really focusing on the face or the legs or the arms or the belly. And it's like, oh, hey, I, I haven't had this area touched and this feels really warm and soothing and comforting or this area it's ticklish I don't it's not particularly comfortable I don't really like this area to be touched so you're really learning a lot about your body you're learning about your partner's body and then we add these steps throughout so after each week then we add genital touching then we add mutual touching and then at the end we include a intercourse or outer course which is non-penetrative sexual acts as a way of incorporating all these steps. And now the person has really learned to focus on pleasure and less on performance and goals, which is one of the main focuses of, um, in my opinion, of sex therapy, of mindful sex, of um, sensate focus. It's really to get the person back into their bodies and less in their minds. Wow. Okay. So it's sort of like a step, like a different step homework process um, to get them to where they need to be at the end of treatment? Yeah, it's very experiential, right? It's very hands-on. It's like, okay, they're coming in, you're gonna go home, um, you're gonna read about this, which I have um, I have the, the mindful sex exercises actually that we could share if you like, or if there's a way of sharing it. 
Um, yes, I, please. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can I can share that with with the audience, and so and it breaks it down each of the phases, and um, and I explain it in the office with them that this is more about um, body awareness and less about eliciting sexual responsiveness. We're not trying to we're not trying to go for that goal because once we go for goals and performance, there's pressure and anxiety, and then people start to overthink it, and now you're away from your body. <laughs> and that can, when you're having sexual dysfunction, that can uh, make it, that can make it more challenging to deal with. So, oh, okay. yeah, it's a, so in short, it's a series of exercises that it's about touching and being touched. And um, it, it helps couples explore a different kind of intimacy that they may not have um, been taught before or or, that's or they might have lost it. Yeah, or they might have lost it. Okay. Yeah. So, en español, ¿qué es el enfoque sensorial? El enfoque sensorial se trata de tocar y ser tocado. Y esas son dos actividades distintas. Y lo que hace el enfoque sensorial es distinguir entre estas maneras de tocar. So, hay cinco fases y la primera fase se enfoca en tocar a tu pareja y, y solo estás tocando, no te están tocando de regreso. Y luego van a cambiar y la otra persona te toca a ti. Eso es de recibir y dar. Y en esa manera lo que, lo que causa es... Eh, Crea más uh, conocimiento sobre sus propios cuerpos y cuáles son las sensaciones que son más agradables para la persona. Y en, no enfoca en uh, metas o en llegar a un destino. Porque la, lo, lo importante es que uno se mantenga en el presente, que esté curioso, que tenga mente abierta y que no esté juzgando a, la, a, a, a uno mismo o a su pareja. So, los ejercicios ayudan a las personas a, a aprender nuevo, nuevas maneras de tocar, a reconocer maneras de tocar que les gustaban antes y, y enfocar el placer más que la ac acción o de, de llegar uh -huh. a un lugar. La actuación. Ajá. La, ajá, actuación. Es más del momento, el placer, menos de actuación. Y so, en terapia, uno guía a la persona en cada fase, primero la primera, y no se enfoca en los en tocar los um, genitals, genit uh, gen genitalia. No se enfoca en eso. La segunda fase ya incorporamos um, la vulva o el pene o los senos y luego la próxima fase lo combinamos si las personas están tocando y recibiendo a la misma vez. Y luego ya la última fase, si la persona quiere, nos enfocamos en el um, coito o en acciones que no no tienen penetración, como el sexo oral o puede ser um, las personas nomás tocándose esas áreas que son um, <coughs> erógenas o como se dice, que sienten placer sexual. So es, eh, bueno, puede tomar unos, depende de la energía de la, de la pareja, un mes, dos meses o tres meses o cuánto tiempo tengan la persona para dedicar 
el tiempo para explorar sus cuerpos de esta manera. Es diferente, no es, no es una manera que lo enseñan en la televisión o no es una manera que nos han enseñado. Uh, y es nomás otra manera de tocarse que puede ayudarles a las personas, especialmente si están uh, lidiando con, una, con problemas uh, sexuales. Uh, es una manera muy que, que actually ayuda mucha, a muchas personas a sentirse mejor sobre su salud sexual. Es un grupo de ejercicios que conducen el crecimiento al llegar al último de la terapia como pareja o como individuos. Um, es lo que, lo que es, ¿verdad, doctora? Es como uh -huh. son diferentes fases para llegar a ese, a ese crecimiento. Sí, sí. Y una persona... Bueno, las instrucciones las voy a dar, están todas escritas um, y una persona si lo lee y si tienen buen conocimiento o buena relación, es posible que lo puedan hacer ustedes en casa. Si necesitan más ayuda, entonces pueden obtener una um, terapista para que les ayude con cada fase. Bueno, qué divertido. Creo que la gente, la verdad, sí lo va a querer leer y lo va a querer entender, hasta yo. Um, y va a ser muy interesante y muy informativo. Uh, chistes o no, muy informativo, claro. Bueno, doctora, this has been a very informative and fun episode. Thank you so much again for being our guest today. I really enjoyed it, and I know our listeners did too. And For all the information that you gave, all the laughs aside and the jokes aside, um, it's really important for us to talk about it, like you said, and normalize it, get rid of the taboo, and that will help us communicate better with our partners, significant others, um, what it is that we like, what it is that we want. And I, I think it's also very important to bring that spark back, especially for those that have been married for a long time or have been in relationships for a long time. Like you said, start dating again and, and knowing what each other wants and what pleasures they're looking for. I hope all of you listening enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's talk about sex, y'all, and normalize it. Este ha sido un episodio absolutamente informativo y divertido. Y obvio, con tanto chiste y risa con la doctora Brito, pero pues más importante es que es muy importante hablar de este tema, de normalizarlo, de quitar el tabú que tal vez nos enseñó nuestras familias, la cultura, la religión en la que seguimos y saber la importancia de estar conectados con nosotros pues igual que mentalmente y emocionalmente, también físicamente, especialmente con nuestras parejas. Muchas gracias de nuevo por ser nuestra invitada hoy y por toda la información, doctora. Espero que todos ustedes lo hayan escuchado y que lo hayan disfrutado como yo. Y pues vamos a hablar de sexo y normalizarlo. Y pues claro, ya saben lo que nos falta, un poquito de chisme, chisme time. Are you ready, doctora? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Our chisme will be will be a little shorter. We don't really have much to report on social issues or anything like that. I mean, unless you guys watch the Democratic debate today, I have not gone into it, so I can't report much on it. But I could say, make sure that you vote, because we all know that's important. That's Por empezar, true. 
Very true. <laughs> but empezar to begin, I'd like to begin by thanking all of you who attended our collaborated conference with my alma mater, Pepperdine University. We had an amazing outcome and guests. And aside from the technical difficulties, the live podcast went amazing. I cannot wait to do episode 2.0 with the same professionals and community members. Be on the lookout for that one and make sure that you listen to the part of clips that we were able to save from the audio that was uploaded um, today, if you're not listening on the same day that I'm recording, it was uploaded today on October 15th. Also, our volunteer day is approaching. Don't forget to get us your donations and or join us on November 9th as we go across the San Diego and Tijuana border with the organization Border Angels for another humbling and fulfilling experience. Además, se acerca nuestro día de voluntariado. No olviden mandar sus donaciones y o unirse conmigo o con nosotros el grupo que va a ir el 9 de noviembre a medida de cruzarnos la frontera de San Diego y Tijuana con la organización Border Angels para otra experiencia humilde y plena. Doctora Brito, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really did enjoy this talk. Um, where can our listeners find you and what do you have? What's your chisme that's coming up? Great. Thank you. Me too. I had such a blast. It was very fun to talk with you. I laughed so much. It was it was just so great. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoy talk, talking about this all the time. So anytime, if anybody has any questions or comments, they can reach me on Instagram at Dr. Janet Brito, B-R-I-T-O, or I also have a Facebook page, which is also Dr. Janet Brito. Those are the best places. My website is uh, sextherapyhawaii.com. And if you subscribe, you will receive some tips on mindful sex. What else? Um, in Spanish? Mi este, red, red social uh, en Instagram es la doctora Janet Brito y en el Facebook también es la doctora Janet Brito. Si quieren ir a mi website es um, sextherapyhawaii.com y ahí tengo también artículos e información si quieren obtener más um, más tips sobre el sexo. Más tips. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> muchas gracias. Muchísimas gracias um, otra vez por acompañarnos. Thank you all for joining us again. Dr. Brito forgot to mention, but she told me off air, so I'm sure she doesn't mind I mention it. She is actually planning to, in the future, maybe start teaching professionals in the field about um, what it's like to be a sex therapist and even guiding them in becoming sex therapists. Why were you planning to do that? Dr. Oh, Pico? yes. Just Thank really you for bringing that up. Off. Yeah, no problem. I'm really looking forward to this. My goal is to, um, I'm waiting for approval on this, but hopefully by the end of the year, as far as offering sex therapy training to POC, especially um, Latinx mental health professionals who are interested in doing sex therapy. I'm um, developing something and it's in the works and hopefully it can take off at the beginning of the year. Stay tuned. <laughs> Yes, and I will be one of the first people that signs up for it. <laughs> Gracias otra vez, mi Gracias. gente, por acompañarnos. Thank you all for joining us again. We really enjoyed it. We appreciate all of you. Thank you for continuing to listen. Don't forget to give us your reviews and your feedback. Hasta la próxima. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>